But today, uh, I want to start off with, uh, we're, we're talking about freedom. And I know that we hear the word freedom, and the first thing, first leap that we can all take is that it's going to be something political. And I can tell you right now today, we're not going to be talking about right, we're not going to be talking about left, Democrat, Republican, liberal, whatever. We're not going to be focusing on that. We're more going to be focusing on what God has to say about freedom. Because the word freedom evokes many different reactions and feelings in our world today. There, it kind of evokes these, these different feelings. Because whether it's the freedom of speech, or whether it's the freedom of religion, so on and so forth, there are so many freedoms that we can look at and say, you know, yes, we live in America, we have some of these freedoms, we live in this world, and we have these freedoms. And it tends to stir something in us because it matters to us. There are the different things that really matter, like I have freedom of speech really matters to me, and so on. And it stirs the innate feeling that we are free to do as we please, because it is allowed by earthly powers, whether it is our government or the land that we live in, the powers that be. But we know that there is a line, and that's the law. And in this world, our world does try to hold on to what is morality, good versus evil, whether it's being wronged, or when we infringe on someone else's freedoms. I really love reading older books, and not that I don't read new stuff, but I, I love reading the classics. In the last few years, I've read things like um, The Great Gatsby. I never read it in high school, and I absolutely loved it. Um, but one book that I was encouraged to read, and I remember reading it in high school, and I'm pretty sure, and some of you might remember the Yellow Cliff Note books back in the early 2000s, late 90s. There were these books. They're bright yellow and black, and it was just a summary version of, of the book. And I remember 1984, George Orwell's 1984, and if you haven't read it, maybe get the cliff notes, but it, the book, it has this, this view, so he wrote it back in the 1940s, of what 1984 could have been, and one of the key phrases, and it's, I, the book that, that I bought, it says this right on the front, it says, war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. Now, when that book was written, it was a chilling kind of what-if of our world, like what if this is where the world goes? That humans give up their basic freedoms because they might live a slightly better life, a more idyllic life. But I, I have to say, after reading it, and if you have read it, you can probably agree with me in saying this, that thank goodness we don't live in that world, in the 1984 world. But in the Bible, as we read today, we'll see that we are free, but we're free in a different way. We're free to live into a life that God has called us to and where we'll find true freedom. So let's bow our heads and pray as we open God's text today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just ask that you use this time, uh, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, as I share today from Galatians, that as we dive back into this book, as we're coming to a closing here in the next week, that God, we glean from it what we can, that as we hear your word read that we pick up on the nuances and the things that you have encouraged us by in your word. Lord, I just, just ask that you open all of our hearts as we hear it, that we hear of, of just what you want for us, so that when we finish, we can be reminded that we are free in Jesus. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So before, before we, we dive into this, I do have to say that of the six weeks of this series, this is the one week I have been most excited about because Galatians 5 is kind of like the, the climax of the, of the story. If you were watching a, a movie or reading a book, it's Roto, you know, the ring going into Mount Doom. It is Luke Skywalker blowing up the Death Star. It is the, the climax of Galatians because, and I had to list those movies because they're some of my favorites, um, but it, it is this, this amazing moment that Paul writes to the Galatians and says, through all of this, knowing the gospel and all the rest that we're free because of what Christ did. And so, uh, starting right away in Galatians 5.1, the words will be on the screen, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And I've, I don't quite have the confidence of teaching yet to just say, I just want to preach on one verse, but this is one of those verses that someday I would love to be able to do, but I, we could just sit on that because there's so much in just those two sentences. But just to kind of parse it a little bit and walk through, when we read this, the yoke of slavery that we just read about this is that the Galatian church, it keeps going back to uh, what they were following. They were following this law, the laws of the Jewish people to become righteous. And throughout this book, we see that if we, tr if we try to follow the law to prove that we are righteous, then our righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. Paul says it's for freedom that Christ sets us free. And the reason why Christ came to earth and it was, set, was to set men free, free in Christ. He was born in a manger, and he lived among the people with one mission, to set you and I free. And I have to mention this just because this word, this word still keeps coming up in our day-to-day -day lives occasionally. It's the word slavery. And I know for some of us, you might be like, Nate, I understand biblical context. But just to unpack this a little bit, when we hear the word slavery, some of us have this picture in our minds of what slavery is like. Because growing up, we learned about it in history class. And we can think of things like African slaves or Indian slaves or Irish slaves because there are different forms of slaves. But in the Old and New Testament, slaves were typically more different from the picture of slavery that we think of today. And regardless, when someone is a slave, when someone is a slave, he or she would love to be set free. They want that. The problem is, when you are a slave, that you can't free yourself. So we're going to continue on, and we're going to skip over a few verses to, to verse 13. So Galatians 5, 13 through 15. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And in, in uh, 5.13, in context like this, to use the Greek word, when we see the word flesh, which I know when we read that, our, our mind kind of goes to just different places, but the Greek word for flesh is sarx. And it refers to the sinful state of human beings, and it's often presented as a power in opposition to, in the spirit. It's sin. And we can look throughout Scripture at examples where people 
gave in to their desires and sinned. And that list could be very long when we're looking at the scriptures. Because in, in that sin, when they did, they were not living into the life that God was offering them. And they said, I'm going to do this my own way. I'm going to choose my own path. Now, just a thought for all of us today is it would be kind of ridiculous if someone was a slave and their freedom was bought. They were free. They're set free. But then they decide, eh, slavery wasn't so bad. I like being under oppression, so I'm going to go back and stick in that life as a slave. Again, it sounds ridiculous. But to, to follow that up with a question, why is it then that we keep coming back to sin and we let it take the wheel of our lives. And Paul goes on to say, but through love serve one another. Now, if we want to try to fulfill the law, we need to serve one another in love. And again, a quick refresher just on, on what all is going on, because it's been a few weeks, it's summer, so just to hit this one more time. What all is going on? Paul is writing this letter. He's written it to the church of Galatia, and, and the church of Galatia is filled with former Jews who are now Christians, and he's trying to help them see the folly of living into the Old Testament law, because they are thinking it will still save us, and that the gospel can't do that. They're, they're going towards the old law and not towards the gospel, and remembering what Christ has done. And today, uh, we're going to look at, as I shared with the kids, the, the Ten Commandments. And I love Googling images. I said to the AV guys, I said, I found this picture of Moses, then realizing that was a stupid thing to say. This is a painting of Moses. And I would have loved to have used the Charlton Heston picture from uh, the wonderful film, the, ninth, uh, the Ten Commandments. But I thought this was a good one. But we all know the story of Moses. He's out in the wilderness with the Israelites. He goes up the mountain. And God gives him the Ten Commandments from Exodus 20. And I apologize, it might be a little bit hard to read, but I'm going to read them out to you. Just a refresher on the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before God. You shall not make idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, and you shall not covet. Now, if you've gotten to know me at all a little bit, um, I am a bit of a productivity nut, and I love having things organized. My wife will tell you, if there is something that needs to be organized in the home, and she's told me I'm good at this, maybe it's just her way of getting me to do stuff around the house, but she has said, you're really good at organizing the cupboards. Like, say there's an old box of macaroni, like, I will go through and get rid of all the old stuff, and then I'll organize it so then it's easier to read the labels. I love organizing. It is just one of those things I do, and sometimes when things aren't organized, I stop all the other things that I should be doing, and I organize. Again, I love organization. And so when I set up my work day, when I get into my schedule and I start to have things set up, and I like to do something called batching. And batching is where you arrange things in sets or groups. For example, my work week, I like one day is a day to focus on worship, one day is a day to focus on youth ministry, 
and then throw in this summer preaching, and so that kind of has messed things up a little bit. But I love having things boxed. But when we look at the Ten Commandments, and John, can we put those back up on the screen, please? Possibly. Nope. Backwards. There we go. Hey, Moses. All right, so when we look at the screen, and we're following the law, we can see that they can be batched by doing one simple thing. Love. And we can look at the screen, and I know it's hard to read, but you can look at the screen, and we can look at the list of the Ten Commandments. Now, the first four of the commandments, they're a smaller batch together, and they focus on God. Remembering God, do not make idols, do not take the name of the Lord and God in vain, remember the Sabbath day. Those are batched together. And then the last six commandments are batched together in love one another. Your mom and dad, don't kill people, don't adultery, nope, don't steal, don't bear false witness, do not covet. They're batched together in their own. And if you are busy walking in love of God, you will most likely automatically batch fulfill the law of God. Love God, love people. Pretty straightforward. So Paul goes on into verse 16. Let's go to that verse, John. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So I ask you, what are we supposed to do when we are free? We walk in freedom. Paul tells us how to walk in freedom. He says we are led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is literally leading our every steps in our day-to-day lives. But how do we follow the Holy Spirit's lead? How do we perceive it? How do we recognize it? I'm going to share a little story about the Johnson family. So some of you may have heard me say this phrase when we're trying to get all six of us out of the church, and anyone with four kids knows trying to get six people out of the church at one time. It's amazing to see it happen. <laughs> but in the Johnson house, we call ourselves Team Johnson. That's, that's one of our phrases. Or the Johnson Six. And if it's smaller subsets, Johnson Three, Johnson Two, so on and so forth. But this all came about last summer. Uh, Christine and I, we were starting to recognize how much our family was changing. Obviously, two more people, things change. But we started to recognize our girls, our older two, the bigs, that they were starting to pick up on some things, not just mannerisms, but they were picking up on things like tone, how mom and dad talk to each other. And as they grow older, they're starting to understand what we are saying. So we use a lot of euphemisms and analogies in our home to try to maybe throw them off, like, hey, let's take our eldest child for frozen dairy treats. Let's take Becca for ice cream, just to translate. But they're, they're picking up on these things. They have picked up on that if I speak in a stern tone or I use words that hurt, my girls know it. They know something's wrong. And we have recognized how dangerous the tongue is, that it can speak life and it can speak death. And we have the freedom to do either. That's the reality is I could just be a jerk to my wife or I could be a very nice guy. And the thing is, is, like I said, we have the freedom to do this. And this is something that I know I have to keep 
must daily keep in check to not let anger or frustration take the driver's seat, but to live into following the Spirit that I'm to speak life for myself, for Christine, and our wonderful gaggle of girls. Let's continue on into verse 19, 25, and let's land the plane. And this is one of those really fun lists to read uh, in church. But we are called when we are to speak God's, we are supposed to speak the whole Scripture and the whole Scripture and nothing but else. So verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Because of the gospel, Christians are free from the works of the flesh, that wonderful long list of things that I read. We are free from the slavery to the things Paul named. Jesus died so we don't have to be slaves to XYZ, our sexual urges, our so on and so forth. He died to set us free from idolatry and evil practice. And a new life in Christ literally changes our attitude and character, free in Christ. The Holy Spirit leads us to live in what's known as the fruit of the Spirit. And I, I will tell you, coming to, again, to Galatians 5, this is one of those this section of Scripture that we could just sit on for weeks because there's so much to unpack. And, I, and I, I would love to unpack this part more, but, you know, time. But also, today is not that day. But when we read about the fruits of the Spirit, we would love to know, we want to know about them more. And we will only experience the fruit of the Spirit if we are free from sin and we are walking in step with the Spirit. So what is God telling us? What is, what is He saying to Crossview Church in 2022 today? What is, what is He trying to tell us in this, this flyover of, of chapter 5. That gospel-centered Christians serve one another in love. And that gospel-centered Christians keep in step with the Spirit. Born-again believers are meant to have a real relationship with the Lord and have a growing desire to know more of who Jesus is and what He requires of us. Gospel-centered Christians know what they want, and it's because they have the knowledge of the Bible. They serve one another in love because we are a family. And they keep in step with the Spirit every day through His Word and His direction. Now today, I, just a, a challenge to you all, um, we are all challenged to respond to the gospel. Because has our life been changed? Have our lives been changed? That to be free from the bondage of sin and walk in the freedom that Jesus has bought for all of us. If you are here today and you have not repented of, of a sin and started the changed life that only Jesus can provide, it's time to respond. And maybe for the rest of us, if we are here and we are a follower of Jesus, 
we are also challenged to look at our life. We aren't, we aren't you know, scot-free. We have to keep looking back daily at our lives and what are the things that are tripping us up. We have to look at our lives and see how in step are we with God's Word. Are you serving and loving one another in love? Are you keeping in step with the Spirit every day? Or are you operating in the works of the flesh? Folks, let us be a people. When people know folks from Crossview Church, whether it's here in Fulton or Clinton or the surrounding areas, let them know that we are filled with, that this is, that we are a people filled with the gospel. That people would know Crossview Church, that people would know our families, that they would know, our friends would know us as gospel-centered Christians, that we are filled with the good news, that we are living into the life, that we are following the Spirit daily, that we are, are in God's Word. Because why would we have died to sin and think about going back to living in sin? Why would we ever go back? And, and I realize for some of us, like, when we hear the word sin, like, it's, it's a step up. It's not just like, boy, I struggle with, you know, I've shared before. For me, it's driving to McDonald's and when I'm stressed. I deal with stress. Why do we keep going back to that? Because we think that's the only way. But we have to remember that when we keep returning back to that, we are we're stepping away from what God has called us to, to not live into that, not live into that stress, not live into that fear. Because we are united to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to remember that who we are and whose we are. And I want to end with Galatians 5.1 again. And I, I didn't have it up on the screen, so don't worry about it, John. You're okay. <laughs> Got it. Good. Folks, John has been a, a real champ today. I appreciate you, John. Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And today, as we close out our time in God's Word, we're, we're coming to the communion table, and we are reminded of Christ's sacrifice. That's one of the beauties of communion, is that we can, can look back and remember what Christ has done and how He wants us to remember it. So as we come to the table...